Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, good morning. Good morning. I mean, man, could you ask for a better day here? It's just gorgeous, just wonderful. Um, he brought up Marvin. Marvin last week preached on such an amazing message, didn't he? On um, Mary and Martha. And um, he talked about how, you know, there was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. She was trying to take care of the meal. But what was wrong was that she wasn't choosing the one thing Mary was choosing. Mary chose the one thing that's necessary, which is us sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him. So today, Irene and I are going to talk about what does that mean? Sit at the feet of Jesus? What does that mean to just spend time with him? So I'll start with prayer. Father in heaven, um, I just thank you that you even want to be with us. Some days I just marvel at that thought alone, that you want to spend time with us. And you so want to share things with us. You so want to reveal you and your wonderful gifts. Lord, I just pray that you use Irene and I today. We're your vessels. And speak through us. Help us to learn about Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay. Um, uh, I just need Daniel. <laughs> there he is. Okay. Um, so yeah, I thought the it, empowerment through silence. Having his power. All right. So I've been reading this book by um, uh, John Eldridge, Resilient. And he has a quote um, in it. It's the Christian life is meant to be deeply experiential. We are created to have a living, active relationship with God, to encounter him regularly. Okay, I'm going to say that different. I'm going to read it and I'm going to emphasize certain words. The Christian life is meant to be deeply experiential. We are created to have a living, active relationship with God, to encounter him regularly. All right, so now let's talk about this relationship because this is what God wants. It's very important to God. Um, in fact, this is, which is interesting. Moses brings up something. In the book of Numbers, if you haven't spent time reading the book of Numbers in a while, man, you need to sit and read it. You know, we just kind of like, ah, ah. it's got quite a few little stories in it that are very interesting. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Numbers 11, verse 25 through 29, and I have it here up on the screen. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit huh, that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. Eldad and Medad had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested upon them as well. 
prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But I want you to see, that was something that we get. That's for us. It was taken. It didn't come back on those people. We have it. All right. So John Eldridge talks about um, something um, uh, in his book. He talks about of being or levels of thought. All right. So there are three levels. And this will kind of help you think about this spirit that lives in you. What does that mean? And where are my thoughts on that? So the first level of thoughts is called our shallow thoughts. And our shallow thoughts are those fleeting thoughts throughout the day, most of which are insignificant. Uh, there, there are distractions, because we go from one distraction to the next distraction, unpredictably. Um, here's a couple examples. So the other day I was uh, babysitting. I babysit my grandkids every Tuesday night. Um, and um, we had the twins and I have this procedure. I read them books, I sing songs, and pray, and then hasta la vista. And so then um, I read the books, I sang the songs, I said, okay, Nana's going to pray. One of the twins said, no, you didn't sing the last song. I said, yes, I did. I just did. No! And she is four. She's starting to have a meltdown because I didn't sing the last song. I, I did. So I turned to the other twin. Okay, here is one of the good things about twins. You have somebody who will validate you, okay? All right, I turned to her and I said, did I sing the last song? She did this. <laughs> but she was thinking her sister's trying to pull one on me and trying to drag out this nighttime thing. And I'm like, okay. You know, you remember with those types of moments when you see her having this potential huge meltdown, which she can really do it. Um, I, I said, all right, rule number one of being a parent. You know what that is, right? Choose your battles, okay? And I said, uh-uh, I'm going to sing that song again. So I sang that song, and as I'm singing it, she turns to me and she's like, oh, yeah, we did sing that song. And I thought, oh, my word, her mind was in the shallows. Now, you can understand that with a four-year-old, right? So the other day at prayer meeting, I'm sitting in the prayer just at noon prayer, just a great time worship, just great time worship. And I'm sitting there, and Justin starts to tell us how we're going to pray. Um, and um, all of a sudden, bam, the thought came in my mind. Oh, I forgot to bring my, I have a Yeti container that had hot tea in it, and I forgot to bring it, and I left the tea bag in it. Oh, and I left the ginger in it. Now it's going to be too strong. Da-da-da-da-da, went my mind. All of a sudden, Justin said, and that's how we're going to 
do our prayer time. And I said, oh, shoot, what was he talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. So I'm like, oh, Jesse, please, what do, you know, I'm watching Justin and Jesse to figure this out. Okay, do you get it? We have a lot of shallow thoughts in our day. A lot of those thoughts, you probably have already had a couple while I've talked, okay? Just how humans are. You should have saw me when I was teaching fourth graders. Stick with me. Stick with me all day. Uh, and that's just the brain. But God doesn't want us there. Okay. Then there's these other thoughts. They're called the midlands. That's where you have your longings, your hopes, your dreams that are far more important than whether you left the tea bag in and the ginger or whatever. You know, they're your worries, your longings. Uh, they occupy your heart. There are things like your struggling children or your finances or your health or your hopes, fears for your future. But um, uh, be, those are, John Aldridge even said, those are those thoughts that lead you to tears. And they keep you up at night. Those are called the Midland. But you know what Jesus said? Luke 21, 34, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with all those thoughts, the anxieties of life. So God doesn't want us there. He doesn't want us in the shallows. He doesn't want us in the midlands. So where does he want us? I had um, years ago met with a woman um, before church on Sunday. Um, one of the churches we attended, and um, we pray. And sometimes she would say this, deep calls deep. And I'd be like, what in the world is she talking about? What does that mean? And so as the months went on, I thought, is that in the Bible? And sure enough, it is. Okay, so Psalm 42, 7. Deep calls deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. David wrote this when Absalom is taking over Jerusalem. Okay, he's going <laughs> oh, I, I cry whenever I read this. Every time I'm like, oh, David, what were you thinking with all that? And, you know, Absalom's got, he's, and David's got nothing. He's empty. He is done. And so he is crying out to God, and he is saying, I, I need, I have such a great need for God right now. So a deep need calls for a deep remedy. In fact, James Smith and Robert Lee say it like this, deep calls unto deep. The deep mercy of God needs our emptiness into which it might pour itself. It's like that time where you've got to say, take the shallow thoughts, take the midlands, I need you. And you're there with him. In the deep are thoughts. Um, yep, there you go. Deep is ruled by eternal things like the fruit of the spirit. It was interesting. Um, well, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It was just interesting. Yesterday I had at my house, I did that um, uh, event where I had women come, and we had time where it was silent in my house. 
And we just sat with God. I mean, I, it was a super blessing for me because I got it from 9 to 5. Then I got to go 6 o'clock to Mer uh, Meredith's thing. So it was just like, wow. It was interesting. Um, of many things that go on in my mind, many things that are uh, give me the broken heart I walk around with every day, that wasn't what came to my mind. When I'm just alone with him and I'm just listening, the word that came to my mind, joy. Joy. It kept coming to my mind. Joy. He just wants us to really spend time with the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so I want to share with you, I'm going to do a commercial here, for um, this uh, app. It's called Pause. All right? And I've shared this with quite a few of you here. Um, John Eldridge has this app. You go to it for 10 minutes. And you pause in your day, and he takes you through it. One of the things he'll start off is he'll say, give everyone and everything to Jesus. In other words, give those shallow thoughts, those midland thoughts to Jesus. And then he takes us so that you're silent before God. All right, so then... There's also um, a book I've been reading um, called um, uh, By Cageless Birds, um, and John Helser talks about this time when his Sunday school teacher talks about a journey that we need to take in our mind. Um, and it's a journey, he, he tells this story um, where his Sunday school teacher says, today for Sunday school, I want, you to, I want to ask you a question. Where does Jesus live? Of course, we were all good Christians. We knew Jesus lived in our hearts. The uh, teacher said, um, yes, and now I want to take you guys on an 18-inch journey. That's the distance from your head to your heart, give or take a few inches. I measured it. Um, and so um, he said, there's a set of steps. I just want you to imagine those steps in your head, and they lead down to this beautiful room. And in this room, Jesus is sitting. And there are two chairs. One Jesus is sitting at that chair. The other chair is empty. And Jesus is waiting for you to come sit with him, to be with him, to be known by him, and to pour out our heart to him. That's what he is. Um, it's the heart to, or head to heart journey. So wait a minute, do we really understand this? That phrase, Jesus lives in us. What? I don't mm, get it, okay? I can't even, I have witnessed to people, I've shared that, da da da, but in my head I'm like, how? What? I want to be the physician, and try to cut me up and say, where is that, you know? That's not how this works, all right? So, but let's talk about where, where that 
truth is found. If you go to Colossians 1.27, I tell you, this is one of those verses that just blew me out of the water. So now I'm going to take us back to Moses, what Moses said. Here it is. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Now I'm going to read that again, but I'm going to emphasize one word. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glories of Christ are for you Gentiles. That's us. Two, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Do you realize it was for the Jews? <laughs> we, we have this. I sit down with God and I'll say to him, what the deal? How did we get this incredible rich? What did you talk about this morning? The, the richness that we have, the riches we have. There it is. He lives in us. So then Moses wanted it for all. There. It's ours. It's for all. If you were to sit alone with God and think on that thought alone, he lives in you. He lives in me. He's in me. I, this is something. And I thought this morning, I said to God, I always talk to God about sometimes Dennis, and I say, my joke always with that is he better not talk to C.S. Lewis before I do. Okay, that is really going to bug me. So anyways, but I said to God, wait to those people in Moses' day and all the people of the Old Testament. They're going to come up to you and me, and they're going to say, what was that like? What was that like to have him living in you? What was that like? And I hope I'll say, amazing, amazing. I hope that I'm now 62, and I'm just now starting to realize the abundance of fruit, of life, in that thought alone. Um, so uh, I want to go back to the quote. The Christian life is meant to be deeply experiential. We are created to have a living, active relationship with God, to encounter him regularly. This is something God wants, and we should experience daily. Do you know, this is what's so funny, that what we do, and I know I'm not the only one that does this, okay? Because Becky does it. Ha, huh, Becky, I'm going to pick on you. So, like, I would have a huh, long day, long day teaching, and I would literally come home, and I'd sit in the living room. I mean, half hour, stare at the wall. I mean, it's just like, ah. Huh. And so, at night, I would be like, I am, I am whipped. I am tired. So, for me, Becky, I'd go and watch a Hallmark movie. Yes! Okay? So, escape. Right? Do you know what Jesus did when he had all day, Spent time with people, had to deal with the Pharisees, healed people, had to deal with some interesting disciples at times. He 
I'm going to go take time and be alone. He'd go with the Father. He would be alone with his heavenly Father. Try it. When you're feeling that, oh, I need, I need a glass of wine. Got to take a beer. I got to get away from this. Life is just, go to your father. Just sit there. Don't even say anything. This is what Irene's going to talk about. What does that mean to do that, to be with him? Because that's what Jesus did. And if we are to practice his lifestyle, that's what God's asking of us. Come on to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Um, so he wants us to deeply abide in him. So take a deep breath. <sighs> Give God your shallow and your midland thoughts. Let your heart slow down. And then let God take care of the world. That's something I struggle with at times. The fixer in me. Let God take care of this and just spend time with him. So Irene's going to share now, what does that mean? What does that look like? Did you want, are you going to do that? Good morning. Wasn't that wonderful? I love that. I love that. Wow. Um, you know, it's so good to be in a church where we really concentrate on Jesus and who Jesus is and the importance of spending time with him. There are a lot of churches that don't go there, but I thank you that this is a church that we know that it is so important to be close to Jesus, to be actually intimate with him. So since we've had several uh, sermons talking about um, the importance of knowing that Jesus is in us, as Sandy has shared uh, last week, like Sandy shared, you know, Marvin talked about the importance of being like Mary of Bethany, of sitting uh, before him. And so this morning, we are going to get a chance to practice that. So we're going to be doing a Christ-centered meditation. Now, the purpose of Christ-centered meditations are to increase the intimacy between you and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to either allow Jesus to speak to you through Scripture and or just being in his presence. And we've heard, wow, we have heard from Sandy. Give this woman another hand clapping. Thank you, Jesus. How she has shared with her, her own, this is her own story. She's just not talking about something she doesn't know about. She's doing this. She's spending time with Jesus. She has made it her priority. So this morning, we're going to do, do that in another way of spending time with Jesus. Now, unfortunately, when you use the word meditation, a lot of times people think of Eastern religions. They think about stuff that's like, ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know what kind of spirits you're talking about right now. And, but I want to let you know that meditations that actually center in on God is very biblical. Very biblical. And I would just like to share with you a few verses that talk about 
the importance of meditating on God's word or just being in his presence. So we'll have the first little slide from Psalms 46, 10. We all know this one, right? Be still. How many of us do it? Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. When we are still before God, he is able to reveal to us his very character, his very nature. We get to know who Almighty God is, creator of the universe. And the mere fact that he wants that, that to me is just so amazing. And then in Joshua 1.8, it says, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. To me, that means that when we are meditating on his word, and what that usually means is just saying a verse, saying a scripture over and over and over in our minds, the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to take a word, take a phrase, and just highlight it in our minds. Or he can, he can bring up a situation that relates to that scripture, and he speaks to us through that scripture. Now, I gotta tell you, I love the Catholics because they really are good at this, you know? They have this thing called Lectio Divina, and that is actually what this is. When you are taking a, a part of scripture and reading it over and over again and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. The next one is Psalm 62.5. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in, is in him. And again, that means that when you're just in his presence and you're not asking for anything, but you just want to be, you just want to be with him. And you just want to wait to see what does Jesus want to talk to me today what, how, what does he want to give me? What fruit of the spirit that he just, he wants to put deep down inside of me? How does he want to speak to me about certain situations which will give me hope and not lead me to despair, but actually give me hope that he's in control, he knows what he's doing, and things are going to be okay. Isaiah 30, 15 says, being quiet, I'm sorry, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Now, but we know that the children of Israel had hard head, stiff neck. We're not that far removed from them you know, sometimes, but you, would, but you would have none of it. So that's what the Lord says. But again, being quiet in his presence can help us to know how sovereign, how powerful 
our Father is in heaven, and that he's in control, and, and anything that looks impossible is possible with him. And that gives you the strength. It gives you the strength to go forward in him. So I love these verses because meditating on his word is what he wants us to do. It actually changes us in the inside. The Holy Spirit is able to come and actually transform us to be more like Jesus. So there's a lot going on when we're sitting before him and when we are meditating and his word. This time is so important to Jesus, you know. He can all, he's also very creative in how we spend time with him. So this is just one way that we're going to practice this morning. But there are ways that we can spend time with him by taking a walk, by just sitting at, at, at the window and looking outside. Um, there's so many, so many ways through worship music. The Holy Spirit, again, is so creative, and Jesus desires this. This is what he wants. So God is so good that the Holy Spirit will give you strategies as to how to do it. He'll be like, what about, because uh, a lot of times we think, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. I got the kids. I'm working. I got this. I got that. The Holy Spirit can say, but wait a minute, what about this? You can spend time with us like this. So like I said, he truly wants this. So it can look different in so many ways. But this morning, we are going to do, I'm so excited, we are going to do a Christ-centered meditation. So. Um, the, the only thing I want you to know is during this time, like if you came in this morning and you're not really feeling very close to Jesus right now, during the meditation, it is my prayer that he will come to where you are, that you don't have to stir up anything inside of you to make it, oh, I, I want to feel, I want to, he'll come to where you are are okay all right so let's start um so i would like everyone to close their eyes sitting back in your chair allowing your arms and your legs to relax as much as possible i'd like you to take in a deep breath saying in your mind the name of Jesus. Exhaling your breath with the words of your choice in your mind, words of affirmation to Jesus, such as, these are just recommendations, I love you, you are my Lord, Thank you, Jesus. I belong to you. We're going to do this three times, breathing in deeply in your mind, saying the sweet name of Jesus, excelling whatever it is that you want to say in your mind.
going to do this three times. Jesus is in the room. Even if you don't feel him, he is near. Jesus sees you, knows you, and desires to be close to you in this moment. His love is all around you. Allow his words to wash over you. It's okay if as I am reading the words of Jesus, you become distracted. Return to breathing and saying the name of Jesus if that happens. It's also okay if you don't feel anything. Jesus is still with you. Jesus is in you. Meditating with Jesus is a journey. He knows how to lead. You are safe. You are safe with Jesus. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, opens the door. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me as I also remain in you. I 
am the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. I am your vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. Stay with me. Remain in me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for remaining. Thank you for staying. Thank you for your presence. In your name, amen.